Major support for Carolina Business Review provided by Grant Thornton. Operating in more than 100 countries, our tax audit and advisory professionals specialize in helping companies unlock their growth potential. Colonial Life, providing benefits to employees to help them protect their family, their finances, and their futures. High Point University, the premier life skills university, focused on preparing students for the world as it is going to be. And Sonoco, a global manufacturer of consumer and industrial packaging products and provider of packaging services with more than 300 operations in 35 countries. It has only been seven months since this public health care crisis called COVID-19 has become apparent. And then again, it has only been seven months. I'm Chris William, and welcome again to the most widely watched source of Carolina business policy and public affairs seen each and every week across North and South Carolina for 30 years now. Thank you for watching and supporting this dialogue. How have small businesses and how has small business in general been surviving? What is the perception versus what is reality? We will talk and take a deeper dive into small business here and now in the Carolinas. And that starts now. Gratefully acknowledging support by Martin Marietta, a leading provider of natural resource-based building materials, providing the foundation upon which our communities improve and grow. Blue Cross Blue Shield of South Carolina, an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association. Visit us at SouthCarolinaBlues.com. The Duke Endowment, a private foundation enriching communities in the Carolinas through higher education, healthcare, rural churches, and children's services. Bearings, a leading global asset management firm dedicated to meeting the evolving investment and capital needs of its clients. Learn more at bearings.com. On this edition of Carolina Business Review, Greg Habib, mayor of Goose Creek, South Carolina. Frank Knapp from the South Carolina Small Business Chamber of Commerce, Tracy Furman of Triad Local First, and Mike Hawkins of the Economic Development Partnership of North Carolina Board. Welcome again to this dialogue. Uh, small business has been really front and center about being maybe the biggest casualty of not just COVID-19, but the economy in general. We are honored to have uh, four exceptional leaders from across the Carolinas. Uh, welcome to the dialogue, uh, Frank Knapp, welcome back. Frank, I'll, I'll, let me start with you. This whole idea that, you know, when, when this COVID-19, when it first broke and the, and, the, and the economy went from 60 to zero in about 1.2 seconds, uh, many of the headlines had to do with hospitality, restaurants, airlines, and those type of, you know, client-facing front and center walk-in small businesses. Give us a sense now, seven months into what this public health care crisis has done to the economy, uh, both the perception of it and then the reality of small business. Where are we? Well, first of all, thank you for doing the show. We, we all appreciate that. Um, look, when, when people are out there, when the consumers are out there and they see businesses that are open, uh, they have to understand that while some small businesses are, are open, it doesn't mean they are doing well. Uh, you know, consumer demand drives small business. Uh, cash flow drives small business. And consumer demand is way off. Uh, so we have plenty of businesses out there. We're not sure exactly how many have already shut the door permanently, but a lot have. Uh, 
but the ones that are remaining open, especially uh, in the service sector, uh, are hurting. Even if they're open, they are hurting for money. Uh, so uh, we're we're not a whole lot better off than we were back in uh, you know back in June or whatever. In fact, I I, I tell people that because we really didn't have a great plan to open this country and do the right things, uh, the needs that small businesses had back then in March and April, that would be money, getting money to them, uh, financial assistance from the federal government, and putting money on the street with the consumer so they could spend the money to help small businesses. We are actually in that same place and the same needs today. We need more federal assistance to help our small businesses, and we need more money to going to those who have lost their jobs at no fault of their own so that they can do the things they need to do to survive, pay their rent, buy food, go spend it on Main Street. It is that that keeps the, the underlying current of the economy moving, uh, and we need to do something pretty quickly here. Tracy, how, how would you characterize that same question? Wow, um, very similarly. Um, I think uh, especially our service sector has really, really suffered. Um, when you open a restaurant and you can only seat 50% and your margin was already four, five, 6% as it was and you're at 50% capacity, that's, you know, you're losing money. Um, you know, I, what is the solution outside of more stimulus? Uh, I think we need to find new ways I don't know that this is going to change very quickly, but um, but keeping those businesses afloat is is just essential. I just I can't stress enough how important small businesses to your local economy and keeping your community really strong. You can't do that if people are out of work, if people aren't work, you know, have nowhere to go to work. Um, and as things open back up. You know, we hope that the jobs will come rushing back. Well, they're not going to come rushing back in the big businesses. They're going to come rushing back in the small businesses. You know, so that's where we need to support. I'm sorry, Tracy, to interrupt you. I want to, Mayor Habib, uh, Commissioner uh, Hawkins, I want to bring you into this because you have a foot in both camps, obviously. And, and Tracy, I know you are a small business as well, but Mike, you are a small business owner in Western North Carolina, Transylvania County. You're a county commissioner, Mayor Habib, obviously, mayor of Goose Creek in the Low Country, which we might as well say it's all part of Charleston. That may make you cringe, but you are also the general manager of, uh, of Charleston Sheet Metal. So give us a sense of the same question. How do you balance the idea of NGO or government of the point of view on small businesses and what's needed, but also as a small business person, maybe first and foremost. Well, go back to the small business side. The, the demand, as I think Frank, Frank alluded to, or stated rather, there's no demand. So demand for product is down. And so even if we put all of those, uh, you know, more PPP back out to small businesses to keep them going, um, you still, it doesn't necessarily, I don't believe, turn the economy back on because you still have to have real demand uh, for product. It has caused our small businesses here in the city of Goose Creek to, it, it, in some point, uh, in some cases, really reinvent themselves. Uh, in that, uh, as Tracy alluded to earlier, restaurants that are at 50% 50, 50 capacity uh, cannot get over the hump at this, at this point in time. But can they uh, deliver where they may not have ever delivered before? Do they market differently for pickup? Were they, were they never really marketed for pickup before? So we have had seen people do some change, change some things with regard to that. In other instances, 
where folks may have some demand for their product, they can't get the supplies to create their product or to make their product so that they can turn around and sell. So they've had to go find new supply chains. Uh, some of our local folks are having to identify many more, and this might be a good thing in the long run, uh, U.S. made supplies so that they can get those a little easier to then turn around and create the product to sell. So we've had to see some real ingenuity amongst our small businesses uh, here in the city of Goose Creek and the surrounding area. And no, I don't, I don't cringe at recognizing that we are Charleston. Uh, we're 45,000 people in the city of Goose Creek. We have uh, an impact on our region, but equally as important, our region has a huge impact on us. Uh, and so we are part of the one region strategy to reopen the economy here in the Tri-County area. We can't live on an island here, so. Mm -hmm. Commissioner Hawkins. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think that I, I would add to, I would, I would agree with what people have said already. I, I would add that uh, one of the hats that I wear, I'm on the Economic Development Partnership with North Carolina Board. I'm on the Executive Board. We had an Executive Board meeting a week or so ago, and we talked about this this point of how small businesses have pivoted. They're working to, to uh, as was mentioned, in the food service industry to do more delivery, and manufacturers are, 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 are changing from one product line to pandemic-related product lines. I think that we shouldn't uh, uh, mistake that for long-term viability, there, there's a difference here. These, these businesses are trying to get through this short term by doing what they can, but in many cases, that's not a long-term viable uh, uh, strategy for them. And so we do have to be conscious of that. I think the second point on that, at least in North Carolina, is in North Carolina, if, if you define small business as 50 employees or less, 95% of all the businesses in North Carolina are small businesses. And almost half of all the jobs are small business jobs. So it's an incredibly important segment that I really, I get frustrated sometimes because I think we're trying to raise alarm bells and nobody's listening. I do think that there are real issues with small business in North Carolina that are going to come, that, are, that are, we're really going to see over the next several months. Do you, and this is a question for any of you, do you get the sense, and I want to unpack this a little bit. I'm not insensitive to the plight of small business or those uh, you know, when we look at things like the unemployment rate and it's starting to drop, obviously, but but unless, if, if you're in that cohort, then your unemployment rate's 100%. And that's not lost on us in this dialogue. But, but how do we, back to your uh, inference here, Mike, is how do we allow, Frank, Tracy, Mayor, how do we allow the natural progression of a business cycle, even if it was artificially started, to follow through and wring out excesses of let's say Charleston has too many restaurants. How do we allow that to happen? And I'm not saying it is or it isn't, but how, how do we get out of the way, but yet reinforce a business to, allow, to, to, to keep them doing what they do, but also not be afraid of market forces? I think we're in an unusual market situation right now where it's really hard to um, determine you know, if this was a normal situation and everybody got, you know, PPP for three months and, and then, you know, normal market resumed and we go back and some businesses don't make it and some do, I think that um, that, that would be a normal way to figure it out. But we, don't, we are nothing that is resembling normal right now. Um, I will say, though, several businesses that have closed in, in my local area, um, we're, we're already on their 
on their path. They were already finishing their cycle. Um, some of the owners are saying, you know, it's, this is a perfect time to shut down and reinvent myself because I'm tired of making biscuits every day, you know? Um, and, and so those opportunities are still happening and they're still out there. Um, and truthfully, there's going to be a nice flush of, of real estate that's going to be available when we're ready to really get back into it. And these businesses are ready to start up. I think the hardest thing right now is not necessarily determining whether they're going to stay open or not, but if you want to open a business right now, it's pretty impossible. So, um, so what can we do to foster that? Because that will, that will start to build our economy back. You know, those who have pivoted, that do the takeout, that figured out how to do delivery, um, they got all their products online so you can order online now instead of going in their shop. You know, th those guys are gonna be just fine over time. Mm -hmm. They may need a little more cash flow um, but the ones that are going to drop out are, you know, mm -hmm. they're going to drop out. And that's just what it is. <laughs> Frank, Frank, what do you think? Well, I don't want to put a happier face on this uh, recession uh, by saying it's simply an example of, of cleansing process and getting rid of businesses that are going to fail anyways. That's not what's going on here. Uh, we, we have a the worst economy that this country has seen in you know, 100 years, uh, and we've got to get out of this. We'll worry about the ones who can't make it later on when we get back to normal. That'll be the normal process. This is not a normal process. Uh, we need to save as many small businesses as we can because, as I already pointed out, I think Mike pointed out, uh, when we eventually can get out of this recession, it's always the small businesses that do the immediate hiring to ramp up the economy again. That's what happened after the 2008, the Great Recession. It was small businesses that let us out. We are nowhere near that. Uh, the unemployment numbers may be going down, but they were artificially going down because of the census workers. Um, we have a serious problem. Small businesses lost oh, 5.3 million jobs during this recession. Uh, and we've not gotten anywhere near that back. You know, last month, uh, the 1 to 19 employee businesses only added 43,000 nationwide. We're, we're nowhere near being anywhere close to normal. So uh, it, it, we just want to make sure that, that people don't hear this and go, oh, it's a normal uh, natural selection process. No, that, that's not what's going on here. Is that, that, wasn't, that wasn't my point. <laughs> but sometimes people watching TV hear that and say, see, it's not all bad. Right, right. But uh, Mayor, uh, Commissioner, uh, you know, back to this idea that, oh gosh, the, it, it, the way Frank and, and Tracy just characterized this, do you, is there some, and, and this is my term, but is there some ominous foreboding sense that what small business has been going through will be a contagion and spread to medium size or larger businesses? And is, to, to, to use yet another analogy, will the other shoe drop in this economy? Are you concerned about that? Or do you think this, is, this will work through as it normally will? Well, I don't know about normally will. That's, you yeah. know, again, as we've said, we're not, we're not normal right now. However, I do have a couple of points to make relative to that. I know that in my company, in, in, in my private business, um, we're having a very difficult time hiring people. Um, and I know that other folks in and around our area, not just in Goose Creek, but around, are hiring. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's hard to hire folks right now. Um, I don't know if that's because they're 
on unemployment. There's no checking unemployment. I don't know the answers to those things, um, but I think that there is there. We do have to identify some balance to encourage folks to go back to work, to encourage businesses to hire, um, and, and yet still support those who have fallen through the cracks. One of the points that I will also make is here in the city of Goose Creek, we, we started our own loan program, a revolving loan fund that we hope we can take off into the future and become very entrepreneurial or support entrepreneurialism down the road. And right now we hope it supports some of those businesses that may have fallen through the cracks. There are some like that. If we take the attitude which we have in the city of Goose Creek that quite frankly, it's much easier to help save a business than it is to start a new one or to get a new one in from our perspective, um, then you know we, we recognizing that supporting businesses that are already there is going to be is going to be the, in in my estimation, the fastest way back, right? As opposed to allowing all of these to close or having so many of them close, our fastest way back on the economy is to support the ones that are there now, and so that's what our focus has been trying to do that. I don't know if I made any sense. You guys are much smarter than me. But. Yeah, no, no, Mike. So, Mike, let me ask you this. You heard the mayor just talk about the idea of trying to find the talent. Doesn't that seem antithetical when there's that many folks looking for a job, but yet you're still faced with the idea of hiring the right people in the right jobs? Yeah, and just speaking from my own experience from a restaurant, I, I think there's a safety issue involved here, too. There are people who just don't want to come to work in certain jobs because they're concerned about their health. Uh, and, and that's part of what we run into. I, I, want, I want to circle back to your question about do you think that this is transferable or that it might go to larger size firms? You know, I think what the pandemic has done is it's kind of exacerbated uh, small business problems that, that don't necessarily exist to the same degree in larger businesses. And one of those big problems is just access to capital. Um, you know, small business in North Carolina, businesses, uh, less than a million uh, in revenues, uh, their access to capital has gone down, bank loans have gone down, and real dollars have gone down 70% since 2005. Now it's kind of ironic because we've got these, these uh, disaster loans that have been yeah. rolled out that have been tremendous in getting these businesses, large and small, through the past six months. On the other hand, that's kind of an albatross around a lot of small businesses next because now they're gonna start having to service this debt, and, and that's going to be a real challenge for them. Uh, so, so, so again, I, I think that I think that it's a it's a the, the whole financial part, the whole access to capital part, is what makes small di business different than larger sized businesses in trying to weather this storm. Frank, Frank Tracy, again, um, is there some element of mental fatigue that has set in, and, and not from the businesses that we are discussing here that are strapped on the front of this helicopter blade and experiencing this firsthand, but the public writ large, the, the way it's being portrayed, the way it's being reported, is there some sense of mental fatigue for folks that say, please not yet another protest, whether it's good or whether it's not, please not another requ request for public assistance, et cetera, et cetera. Is, is this a real concern? Well, let me say, I, I have, I don't know that. I'm not a psychiatrist, so I don't know what uh, what's going on there in, in the public. Um, uh, and, and I hope that the public, general public, understands the small businesses are in a need. And when we ask for some more financial help, uh, you know, that, that that is something they ought to ignore. Now, let me just simply say something, and Mike talked about the access to capital. This whole 
Paycheck Protection Program has ex has exposed the problem that small businesses have had for decades and decades and decades. The PPP money went to the more secure small businesses, uh, the ones that had a good banking relationship, uh, probably had some loans, and maybe the banks were doing their payroll. They were the best customers of these uh, banks. Uh, the ones who didn't, they were left out. We only had in South Carolina about 15 to 16% of small businesses getting any PPP money. Uh, nationally, there are over 30 million small businesses. Only 5 million loans were made. Uh, so all those other ones, those were the micro businesses, the sole proprietors, they were locked out of this. But Mike is absolutely right. This is simply something that's been going on for for decades and decades because banks see a small business, an entrepreneur as risky and they don't like risk. Uh, we have got to come up with another way of getting money to new startups. We're at a 40 decade low in this country of new business startups, 40 decades. Uh, we have got to figure this out and access to capital is one of those reasons why we're where we're at. So uh, I know we're going to keep on talking about what other vehicles are there other than simply your traditional financial institutions to getting money to an entrepreneur, to a micro business so they can grow. So Tracy, you're, you're an accountant by trade. I think that's, that's fair to say, but you're also an executive director and you lead to some degree in the triad around this. Is there some creative way to put those who are looking for capital for those who are trying to deploy capital? Is it different now? Actually, we just did a, um, we call them lunch and learns, uh, where we invite our small businesses uh, to come and listen to professionals talk about things like this. And um, we had Piedmont Business Capital mm -hmm. come in and speak for us. Uh, Lester Wilson is the executive director there. It's a, um, a community development um, organization that um, loans to uh, small businesses that don't fit that bank uh, requirement. So, you know, under five years, you know, under $500,000 in income, you know, uh, maybe not perfect credit on the owner's part, you know, things like that. They, they take all of that into account um, and they do a more holistic um, approach to things. You know, it's not just, we're gonna give you money and you've got to figure it out. They offer ways of, you know, budgeting and, and teaching these things to small businesses. Um, a lot of our entrepreneurs are, absolute experts in whatever their field is, but they're not experts in business. So, um, so you know, they tried Local First and also Piedmont Business Capital and the Nussbaum uh, Center for Entrepreneurship mm -hmm. offers these services to help people. Now, people have to decide to come in too, so that's important, but, uh, but it was, it's really amazing. Um, and Piedmont Business Capital gets its funding from municipal and state services. Uh, the Golden Leaf Foundation just gave a huge grant to them to allow them to, um, I think it was 1.3 million mm -hmm. to make loans out. And, um, and they've given out about 800,000 of that. So, um, so there, there are things out there, but I think it's very few and far between. I think Guilford County has worked very hard on trying to make you know, this a more equitable place to do business. Um, I have clients in, um, in surrounding counties and none of them are doing that there. I've looked for them, you know, to try to help them out. Um, a horse farm down in Sophia, mm -hmm. struggling very hard, but they're in a different county and they don't qualify for um, the county grants that were given and they're not, you know, 
they could talk to Piedmont Business Capital, but that's not their focus. You know, Piedmont Business Capital is focused on the triad area. So they're well, a little outside of that. Well, let me go back to you, Mayor Habib, just for a second, because PPP has been mentioned a couple of times in the emergency funding that comes from the government, both federal, state, local. But you mentioned the, the local Goose Creek initiative. Um, are we closer to the end of broad government assistance, local, state, just in general, broad assistance in that way? I, I don't think so. Closer to the end, Chris. No, yeah. I don't think so. Um, I did want to follow up with what Tracy said. I don't, I don't think we are. Again, I became mayor and I ran for mayor two years ago, recognizing that economic development was our path forward. Uh, and we worked very hard on that and we've had a lot of success and we took some of that some of our unassigned fund balance because of the economic growth that we've had and committed it to like I said those folks who may have fallen through the cracks and, and don't have access to the kinds of capital um, that, that, that Mike or Tracy were talking about and we partnered with uh, the LDC the Low Country uh, Development uh, Program which started in Charleston over 30 years ago. They're the experts in loaning money. We just we just decided we needed to 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 be a part of supporting businesses that were there, uh, that that were here and needed it. These loans might be as small as five thousand dollars or two thousand dollars or ten or twenty thousand dollars. Some folks just need access to capital to get through the next three months of rent on their uh, uh, in their in their for their place of business or to meet payroll for just a minute. And again, these folks are folks who don't who aren't able to call up. The large banks that they have, you know, that they don't have that relationship with that Frank was talking about, to get to to, to have a path forward there. So, local government, county government are probably going to have to do some stepping up when they can afford it, because the problem with the federal government assistance is just too cumbersome to get to some of these folks. At I, I, Mayor, thank you. I hate to cut you off. I wish we had more time to unpack it because I know we're just starting to scratch the surface, but thank you for joining us. Uh, Frank Knapp, uh, always nice to see you. Uh, Tracy, good luck in, in the triad and certainly Commissioner Hawkins. Uh, thank you and our best to the Pisca family fish camp. We love that place. Uh, just a little plug, but uh, t thanks to you all. Uh, take care. Uh, thank you for watching. Have a good weekend and please stay safe. Good night. Major funding for Carolina Business Review provided by High Point University, Martin Marietta, Colonial Life, The Duke Endowment, Barings, Grant Thornton, Sonoco, Blue Cross Blue Shield of South Carolina, and by viewers like you. Thank you.